Hello, everybody. Welcome to Oshu. I'm your host, Cassidy Lynn, and you're listening to my photography podcast. It's all about photography. If you haven't picked that up already or if you haven't seen the podcast photo, this is a photography podcast. Um, me and Charlie just got back from New York last night. We were in upstate New York for, I think it was about nine days. And we had a few weddings and a few sessions there. So we just got back last night. We drove there, which normally we fly, but we decided to drive. And yeah, we got back last night. I am, you know, just catching up on all things work today, but I wanted to squeeze in a podcast episode for you guys because I try to post episodes twice a week, but last week I only posted one. So I'm trying to get ahead on my podcast schedule. So here we are. I am recording and I have a good episode for you guys today. Um, Before we jump into the episode, I do have a pretty big personal announcement and I think I'm going to post it on my Instagram tomorrow. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, go follow me so you can see my announcement. And hopefully once the announcement comes out and I post it tomorrow, then I will talk about it on the podcast. But until then, just know that I have an announcement coming tomorrow. It's not anything to do with my business, but it's just like a fun personal announcement. Um, last thing, because I know that you guys like hearing recommendations. I, if you are a true crime person, if you're not, you can skip ahead, but I found a, um, true crime podcast that I've been obsessed with and we've been listening to it, um, in our car on our way to New York. And we listened to it on our way back to it's called up and vanished. And it's so good. I, I say that I found it, but literally I put a question box on my Instagram and someone told me to listen to it. So thank you to whoever recommended it because I am actually obsessed. It's actually crazy. And if you're interested in true crime, it's definitely worth giving a listen. I have been, I started at season one, which was in like 2016 or something, but it's literally so good. Like I cannot stop listening to it. Anyway, we are going to jump into today's episode. We are going to have a little chat about what you should invest in as a photographer. For me, these are my top suggestions. These are the things that are super important to me. And honestly, when I started photography or when I was like just getting into it, I wish that there would have been just someone that said, hey, here are all of the things that I've invested in that made my business successful. And I want to do that for you guys. And honestly, if even if you are like a full-time wedding photographer, you might learn something from this. You might hear about some piece of equipment or some sort of program or whatever that I'm using that might be helpful to you. And if you're a beginner, I'm sure that you're going to hear some stuff about my investments that might be helpful to you. Basically, what I'm saying is that this episode can be for everybody. So don't tune out if you are pretty experienced. I promise there is something in this episode for you as well. So I want to start by talking about camera bodies. Um, For camera bodies, I... um, I have a few things that I like to say. Honestly, if you are a photographer that 
it's just kind of like a hobbyist or it's just kind of like getting your toes in the water or like dipping your toes in the water, I would suggest sticking with a cropped sensor camera. Um, if you're not familiar with the different types of camera bodies, that's okay. I can explain it to you. Essentially, the sensor on a camera can either be cropped or it can be full frame. And a crop sensor camera is going to crop in all of your photos. So you're going to have to stand a bit further back. So um, that is one minus to having, or not minus, it's like one con of having a crop sensor camera. But crop sensor cameras are significantly cheaper than full frame cameras. So um, if you are a hobby photographer, honestly, just stick with the cropped sensor camera for now until you figure out what full frame camera you want to get down the road. I feel like there's this misconception within photography and it's that you have to invest so much money into your gear and you have to buy like all of the best gear right away or you're not going to take good photos. And I just want to tell you that that is so far from the truth. You do not need super expensive gear or, you know, super expensive anything to take great photos. A good crop sensor camera, honestly, is like three to four hundred dollars, like maybe five hundred dollars. And if you stick with a 50 millimeter lens, you are all set to take some really awesome killer portraits. For anyone that is a part-time photographer, so maybe you have a really great photography business, but you are working another job full-time, obviously that's totally okay. I would recommend getting a full-frame camera. Um, full-frame cameras do have higher quality images, but also it's just, I don't know, there's something about full-frame cameras that I don't know. It just, it feels nicer to shoot, if that makes sense. You also don't have to stand as far back with a full frame camera. So all of your lenses are going to be true to like the focal length that they are. So if you have a 50 millimeter, you don't have to stand as far away because your camera sensor is not cropped in. So full frame cameras, super nice. I would definitely recommend a full frame camera body if you are part-time or even, you know, if you are a full-time wedding photographer or a full-time portrait photographer or whatever, full-frame camera is definitely going to be the move for you. You're going to want to try to get a backup camera if you can. Um, this specifically is going to apply to anyone that shoots weddings or like high-pressure situations where you can't like replicate that, that shoot or that um, moment ever again. So like in the middle of a wedding ceremony, if your camera literally malfunctions and stops working, you'll have a backup camera so that you can just plug in your battery, pop in your SD cards and you're good to go keep shooting. That is absolutely essential for anyone that's shooting something that is high pressure and cannot be replicated again. So if it's possible to get a backup camera, get one as soon as you can. Um, what I did for a while is I kept my cropped sensor camera. So I, sh I started shooting on a Canon T5i. And when I switched over to the Canon 60 Mark II, I kept my um, T5i as like a backup camera just in case something happened 
to my um, 60 Mark II while I was shooting because at that point I was doing weddings. Um, so if you have a crop sensor camera right now or whatever camera you start on and you get a new camera, definitely keep that old camera as a backup just in case something happens. Um, I recently have started using backup cameras as like an alternative camera with a different lens on it during my weddings. So me and Charlie have three camera bodies total and um, I end up putting a lens on all three cameras so I don't have to like switch out my lens. I can just grab a camera and go. Um, that's kind of like a little bit extra of me. And if honestly, I could just switch out my lens and not be lazy about it, but um, it does save me a little bit of time. Anyway, all that to say a backup camera is super important if you are shooting um, weddings or events or anything like that. You'll also want to make sure that your camera has dual card slots. Um, if you can, this is super, like, I can't even tell you how super, super important it is to have dual card slots. Um, I have never had a card go corrupt on me, knock on wood, but um, it's just one of those things that if you have dual card slots, you can put two SD cards in your camera, record onto both of them. So if something does happen to that one SD card in between shooting and putting them onto your computer or putting them onto your hard drive, um, you'll have a backup of that session or wedding or whatever it is, um, just in case. So if you are considering getting a full frame camera, definitely look for dual card slots as a feature on your camera because that is game changing. And it's something that you can promote to your clients too, as they're booking with you or talking about booking with you, let them know that you have a good backup system and you shoot on two cards just in case something happens. Um, their photos are protected. That's definitely a good selling point. So next I want to talk about lenses. This is 1000% my preference, but I am not a huge zoom lens person. Um, I, have shot on zoom lenses before. So this is not me bashing on zoom lenses without experience. I have used tons of zoom lenses, but, um, I personally love fixed focal lengths and, um, I like fixed focal lengths because one, it forces me to move to my subject. Um, so I'm not just like standing there in one place and like getting all the same shot, but I'm just zooming in and out. Um, I like to move to my subject and it, it really forces me to think about the shots that I'm taking, like as I'm taking them, you know? Um, so if you are a beginner or, um, honestly, if you are even a part-time or full-time photographer, um, a 50 millimeter is the way to go. There obviously are like upgrades to the 50 millimeter, like there's nicer 50 millimeters, but, um, if you are starting out, get a 50 millimeter F 1.8. It is known as the nifty 50 for a reason. They are anywhere from 100 to $200 and they're like so cheap. So nice. Like literally the 50 millimeter is what you're going to want to get. The F stop goes down to 1.8, which means you can get some nice bokeh in the background. Um, but it's not going to break your wallet either. Like the 50 millimeter is just going to it's going to change your world. It's going to give you some really nice portraits. Um, as you start to grow your business and start to grow in photography, that's when you're going to want to start thinking about different lenses to get. For me personally, my lens combo is a 35 millimeter and an 85 millimeter. 
Um, so I am the biggest advocate for the 35 millimeter. I think that everybody needs one. Um, my 35 millimeter goes down to F 1.4, but if you even just get an F 1.8 35 millimeter for a little bit cheaper, um, it's going to give you a lot of the same results. And then I also use an 85 millimeter. Um, this is just to give me some variation within my shots and, you know, it's a longer focal length, so it's going to be pretty blurry in the background. I can stand um, further away. So it's nice for me because I can use it during a ceremony or a reception or anything like that. So those are my lens recommendations. If there's anything to take away from that, start on a 50 millimeter and then start to upgrade as you want to. Um, if you are a zoom lens person, that's totally fine. Good for you. I recommend a 24 to 70 and also the 70 to 200 is really good for events specifically. So check out those lenses. Lenses are definitely a personal preference type of thing. So don't just go and buy what I told you because I told you it. Do your research and figure out what things work for your shooting style because everyone shoots different and that is important when you're looking into lenses. So now we're going to talk about what to invest in for editing. Um, it's going to be important for you to invest in a laptop. Um, you can get a desktop as well, but I personally am a laptop person. Um, so get a laptop. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm not like this huge techie person that knows a ton about laptops. Um, I edit on a MacBook Pro. I've edited on two MacBook Pros previous, so I like them for editing. Um, I also know a lot of people, though, who edit on PCs, like the PC desktops, and they do like custom-built PCs, which is way beyond what I can understand, but I've heard that custom-built PCs work really well for editing because you know, you have really good RAM and all this different stuff that makes you edit really, really fast. So those are my two recommendations for editing. You'll also obviously want to get Lightroom. I edit on Lightroom Classic, which is an Adobe subscription, but that's where I do all of my color correction. That's where I do it all. Um, recently, I've invested in Photo Mechanic as well, which is a um, photo culling software. If you don't know what culling is, it's the process of picking your photos. And um, I found that Photo Mechanic is awesome for culling. So my investments for editing right now are a good laptop. MacBook Pro is what I use. I believe I have the 15-inch, but I don't even think they sell the 15-inch anymore. I think they only have 16 inches. But I have a MacBook Pro, and then I use Lightroom Classic for editing and Photo Mechanic for culling. And that is editing, guys. Um, for storing your photos, you'll want to invest in hard drives, um, external, I think they're called like USB hard drives. There's tons and tons of like brands out there and there's pros and cons to every single thing that exists. Um, I have found that having a two terabyte hard drive works really well for my editing process. Um, and I have two of them. And the reason that I have two is because I create like an exact 
copy of my one hard drive onto the other hard drive. And I'm one of those people that loves to have backups in case something happens to one of them. I have a backup of it. So um, that's why I have two two terabyte hard drives. Um, I prefer the Lacey hard drives. It's literally spelled L-A-C-I-E hard drives. Um, and I've been using those for a couple of years. Um, I've had a few problems with their cables, but for the price, they're really awesome. Recently, I switched over to SSD hard drives. I got the SanDisk 2 terabyte SSD drive. Um, those work awesome. They definitely are pricey though. And so if you're just kind of dabbling in the hard drive world, I would start with getting just, you know, a lacy drive or some sort of um, hard drive that isn't as expensive as an SSD drive right away. Um, and you'll want to invest in those two hard drives just to store your photos. It's nice to have a place where all of your photos live. So you can go back and re-edit RAWs and stuff like that. I'm always working off of my hard drive. Um, I edit directly from my hard drive. I don't put anything onto my computer. So you're going to want um, these two hard drives to save space on your computer so Lightroom isn't like super duper slow whenever you use it. Then we can talk about camera batteries. Um, if you honestly are a beginner photographer, I would recommend having at the most three batteries. Um, you know, you have your one that you bring to the shoot with you. You have a second one that you bring as a backup with you in case you go through the whole battery or in case one of the batteries didn't charge by accident or whatever. And then the third battery is like a backup to the backup. That's as simple as that. Um, as you start to shoot more and shoot longer events and stuff, you'll learn that having more batteries is beneficial so you can um, very easily swap out batteries without having to worry about like, will I have enough charge to last me the day or whatever. Um, personally, me and Charlie go through five weddings, <laughs> not five weddings. What am I saying? We go through five batteries at a wedding and that's like the max number of batteries that we'll go through. That's like a 10 hour wedding day, um, shooting a ton. We'll go through five batteries. So we have seven batteries. Um, and I always bring the two extra batteries just in case. And I bring my battery charger with me everywhere. So batteries have at least two to three. If you're not shooting weddings, if you're just shooting by yourself, two to three batteries at the minimum Four SD cards, I recommend that you get at least six SD cards. If you are shooting dual cards, um, and my thought process behind this is, um, you know, you shoot two SD cards for one shoot, right? So two of those cards are being used. You have a shoot the next day, you use two more cards. Um, are You probably aren't going to have, you know, three shoots back to back to back. So that's why I would recommend starting with six because you need four for the two shoots that you just did. And then two more SD cards, just in case it's always good to have backups. If you're shooting single slot, um, for your camera, just start with three SD cards. 
And this number, this is a like a minimum number. Like if you are able to get more, it's definitely good to have more than less. Um, I am a big fan of 64 gigabyte and 32 gigabyte SD cards. Um, I don't love 128 gigabyte SD cards because I'm like, why do I need that many photos? Like, why do I need that much space? What am I shooting? Like, am I shooting a 24 hour long football game? No. So I probably don't need that much space. Um, but if that's your thing, that's fine. I shoot on 32 gigs for a session. Um, so if it's an engagement session or something, I'll bring 32 gigabyte SD cards. And my goal is never to fill up the SD card because, um, I'm an overshooter and I don't need to take that many photos at a session. So that's why I limit myself to 32 gigabytes for sessions. And then for weddings, I bring 64 gigabytes with me. So super easy. And I usually end up filling up at the most to 64 gigabyte cards. All right. So now let's talk about accessories. What things do you need to invest in as a photographer that are not gear related? Like if it's not the actual camera, the actual lens or anything that goes on the lens, like let's, let's talk about it. So as far as accessories go, I think it's really important to have a camera backpack. Um, if not a backpack, just something to keep your gear in so that it's protected. I like camera backpacks because when I'm going to shoot, I'm going to shoot and I'm bringing gear and I need like a good organization method and I don't want my laptop with me and I don't want all these other random things that might come in your normal backpack. So that's why I have just like a specific camera backpack for my stuff. Um, If you don't want to invest in a camera backpack right now, I would recommend getting some sort of sleeves or like cases for your gear. Um, Charlie found this like little tiny, it's like a handheld camera sleeve thing and it holds like three lenses, but it easily fits in like a normal backpack. So if you have like literally just like one camera body and one lens, maybe you should consider getting these little sleeves to start and then get a huge camera backpack as you start to grow your inventory. It's also important, obviously, to have lens wipes. I feel like that's kind of self-explanatory, but most um, most lenses come with lens wipes, so you won't really have to worry about that. If you shoot weddings or are interested in this type of photography, it's important to have a flash as well. Um, so you'll want to invest in a flash, I would say, pretty soon in your photography career, Um, Even if it's just for like an indoor shoot, it's good to have like a flash to practice. And in case you do need a flash or if someone books you um, with a session that needs a flash or something like you have it. So have at least one flash. And obviously you are going to want some sort of card case to protect your cards. So just to recap this section If you want to invest in accessories, get a backpack, get lens wipes, get a flash, and get an SD card carrying case to protect your cards. The last thing that we're going to talk about as far as investment goes is education. And this is something that I wish I would have done when I started photography because I feel like There's a lot of things that I figured out on my own that I could have figured out a lot quicker if I would have just taken the time to like 
take courses and learn about photography. So this is me telling you photography education is important. And if you're listening this far into the podcast already, you probably already understand that because you are learning right now. Like so many other businesses out there, it's important to invest. Like a lot of businesses require investment in order to start profiting and in order to start like doing good at what what you're doing. So it's like not uncommon to invest in your business, but somehow in photography, like the stigma has started where it's like, oh, I'm self-taught. Like I have learned all of this on my own. And it's like, that's awesome. But um, education is out there for you to learn and like not have to learn all that stuff on your own and to help you learn it faster and more efficiently. So education is awesome. And if there's one thing to invest in, invest in like any type of course that covers what you're struggling with. Um, every photographer is different in what they struggle with, but a lot of photographers struggle with um, the business side of their biz of their business. Yeah, the business side of their photography business. So things like marketing, um, social media, anything like that. That's a huge struggle for photographers. A lot of photographers struggle with editing and finding their style. All of that stuff you can find within photography education. So don't sleep on photography education. It's definitely something you should invest in for sure. The last thing that I think is important to invest in as a photographer are content days. Um, And this is if you are a photographer that is trying to grow your business and you're struggling getting bookings and you're not taking the type of photos that you want to take or whatever, a content day is really going to help you with creativity and growing your portfolio. So this is an investment that is so helpful um, for anyone that is trying to grow their portfolio. I attended my first content day when I was a part-time wedding photographer. I was booking maybe five or six weddings per year. And I found this to be so helpful. I mean, I, I was taking the photos that I wanted to take at this content day. And it was like the style and everything that I wanted. And I I just feel like it really helped me get on track with my business. So content days are really, really awesome. And please, like, like I've been saying, don't sleep on these things. Um, so don't sleep on education and definitely don't sleep on content days. Just to give you guys a little bit of a recap, um, because we covered a lot. It's important to invest in a camera body, get a crop sensor camera if you are a hobbyist or just starting out and get a full frame camera body if you are getting more serious. Lenses, it's important to invest in a 50 millimeter if you are just starting out as well. Start on that 50 millimeter. Then as you start to grow, figure out what works best for you. For editing, invest in a good laptop. I like MacBook Pros, but you can also get a custom-built PC, which also works really great. You'll also want to invest in Lightroom Classic and Photo Mechanic. As far as storing your photos goes, you'll want to invest in two external hard drives. Batteries, you should invest in two to three batteries. SD cards, if you're going to shoot dual card slots, get at least six. If you're going to only have one card slot, being recorded on at a time have at the minimum three SD cards for accessories. You'll want to find a camera backpack or some way to transport your gear. Um, Lens wipes you'll want 
a flash for your camera, an SD card case to protect your cards. And then you'll also want to invest in education and content days. That is all guys. Wow. That was a jam packed episode, but I hope that you guys learned something about, um, investments as you grow your business. There's there's like an endless amount of things that you can invest in. But I just wanted to make an episode that covered the bare minimum of things that I think are necessities for starting a photography business. If you like this podcast, please, please, please leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or just hit the subscribe or follow button. It honestly means the world to me that you guys are loving this podcast as much as I'm loving creating it. If you want more community within photography, I have a Facebook community group that you can join and honestly just learn from each other. It's such a good place to ask your questions and to, like I said, learn, grow. It's awesome. So that link is in the description of this podcast episode. If you want any more free content, I have free posing guides and I have a free camera gear guide on my website, which is also linked in the description. All right, guys, that is it. I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment, oh, keep my sanity. No wisdom rushing in. So.